morning, everybody. This is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. And this is just becoming a habit because Mike with Simple Nursing is back. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Excited to be here. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Yeah. And we have a couple of really interesting stories today. We're going to be talking about veterinarians. Oh, yeah. I've never done a, a veterinarian on the show. you never done a vet, really? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I thought I had, but it turns out I thought I did this story a long time ago. And it's <laughs> kind of funny because I came across it and I thought, I've done that story. And then I realized, like, wait, did I do that story? And I couldn't think of who, like, the co-host was or anything. And I went back and was searching through and I couldn't find it. And I was like, how did I not do this? And I think what I did is I watched there are tons of videos. You guys, this story is crazy. And there's so much out there about it. I literally think I watched all the, like probably just sat there like a nerd, just like watching all the videos on it and then never actually did the story. <laughs> it's just crazy. So anyway, it's going to be a good show. I want to just remind you guys at Mike and Simple Nursing, they have a, a podcast, which is really cool. Yeah. Pharmacology. Tina's helped us set that up. So thank you so much. Appreciate that. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But okay, here's the cool part is that I have now the top three areas for med surge. So we're going to be releasing electrolytes as well as a whole EKG thing. And then I have neuro, respiratory, and renal in the pipe right now. So yeah, they're actually animating it right now. And then we'll uh, release it on the podcast too. Have a whole med surge wing. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess we can go ahead and get started. Yeah, why not? These stories. Let's do it. All right. Oh, wait. Yeah. I forgot to tell everyone that our new iTunes album for Sing Along, Pathophys, and like, oh, so we have like the UTI song, which does like the Miley Cyrus version of like UTI. And then we have like the <laughs> journey, Don't Stop Believing, we did Don't Stop Breathing. Mm -hmm. And so finally we got it like re-released on iTunes and Google Play for Android. So it's gonna be cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about entertaining. It's so funny. <laughs> If you want to be frightened and uh, and scarred for life, yeah. But if you want to learn, <laughs> yeah, anything you can. Like I used to come up with the craziest mnemonic things yeah. when I was studying mm -hmm. because the crazier it is, like yeah, the, the better it will stick in my head. The more indecent you know? it is, yeah, the better. <laughs> it's like I'll never forget that again. You know, yeah, so, yeah. so that I definitely learn that way, and I think a lot of people do. Yeah, I think that yeah. it's a good learning technique. It really it's is. fun, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. All right. So our veterinarian uh, this oh, yes. week is Valerie McDaniels, but we're going to start off with another doctor, Ooh. an MD, Leon Jacob. So we'll start off with him, and then Valerie will be introduced later, a little bit later into the story. Cool. So Leon Jacob went to medical school, but he actually didn't finish his residency. And this happens sometimes. These stories, it's kind of surprising. I guess it shouldn't be surprising, but the there are, some, there are people who go all the way through medical school, but then they can't make it through the residency. And it's just like, wow, oh, went, all that debt, all that grueling, the, all, the whole process of getting into medical school and then the four years, and then you can't get through the residency. You cannot practice medicine. That's crazy. I wonder what the statistics on that are like, you know, because I mean, getting through nursing school alone is hard. So imagine four yeah. years of medical school, you know, and so that's pretty. I know. And I, that's when I read these stories, this is, it's more common than you would think. And uh, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll just be reading, you know, articles and it's not necessarily that they did something bad, but it's just talking about doctors who didn't make it through medical school. I've read um, articles about that before, like what should they be allowed to do? Mm. Some 
people who have graduated from medical school think that they should be able to sit for, say, like the boards for a nurse practitioner and be a nurse practitioner. Yeah, that's probably true, yeah. Or maybe go into research or maybe PA. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least PA, right? I mean, Well, there's things you can do, for sure, yeah, with a right? medical degree, no doubt. Write a book. But, yeah. oh, all kinds of stuff. But I guess for them, you know, they're wanting to do something hands-on, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Leon Jacob was one of those MDs who made it through medical school, but just could not seem to complete his residency program. They actually deemed him a, an immediate threat to patient safety. So he was having a hard time in his medical career. Yeah. And he was married. Earlier on in his life, he was married to Annie. He had two sons with her. She filed for divorce after they had been married for 11 years and said she cited extreme and repeated mental cruelty. Dang. And later on, he pleaded guilty to attempted cyber stalking of, of his ex-wife. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it's attempted cyber stalking, but I don't know. That's kind of weird. I didn't even know they had cyber stalking right now. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think that uh, it might vary state to state. Yeah. Whether there's cyber stalking laws. Um, I think there's definitely more now. You know, that's something that's definitely come around, but yeah. I don't understand the attempted cyber-stalking. <laughs> the attempted, like, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm going to follow you, <laughs> I, maybe I'm not. <laughs> it's attempted, like, was he Googling her? <laughs> I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't find her. I wonder, and then you're getting charged with that. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's making up fake accounts and trying to hack into oh, her. Oh, yeah. You know, I know a lot I, of exes so, that do that, though. Yeah, it's true. Oh, a lot of them, Mike. Who are these people you're hanging around? Whoops. All right. You're just, uh, you're like, man, I just read it all. That's friends. a side note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a, I've been a, uh, I've been a bad nurse in the works. That no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm working on a story on Mikey. Guys, just hang in there. Yeah, yeah. Give me a few years to uh, build it up. There was a guy who started an online company and boom, went rogue. <laughs> so this guy, Leon, we'll call him. He, after the whole incident with his wife, and I guess he got past that. He started dating a woman by the name of Megan Veracos. Oh yeah. And he said he met her in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they started dating. She moved back with him to Houston. He was from Texas. She actually moved back with him and moved in. They moved in together. And so I think he was hoping to get his medical career started, but he had to file bankruptcy in 2016. You guys know, we've talked about this on this podcast before. It's expensive to go to medical school. Most, oh, yeah. Most doctors end up hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt after they get out of medical school because they can't work. You know, you have to, they have to be in school and it's expensive. And so that's just part of it, you know, for most physicians. Well, he went through it and had all the debt, but didn't, wasn't able to work as a doctor. So that's, he had to file bankruptcy, you know, that's bad. Dang. So they're living together and to, in January of 2017, they had a fight, okay. and so Leon allegedly assaulted Megan, oh, so she yeah. moved out. Yeah. She had a hard time avoiding him because he was harassing her. Remember the whole incident with his ex-wife and how you know she also said that he, cruel behavior, that sort of thing, and then that he was cyber-stalking her. So this seems to be a pattern. Mm -hmm. So he's harassing Megan and... These actions result in him being charged for stalking her. Mm -hmm. 
So he goes to a law clerk at the firm where I guess they are handling his case. And he approaches a woman by the name of Laura. Mm -hmm. And he says, hey, can you look up and just see, are there any pending charges against me? And so then he asks her, which is, this is so bold to me. Like, I can't even imagine. I mean, this guy's very bold anyway. But he asks this woman to approach Megan. This is his, you know, his girlfriend that had broken up with him, that he is in trouble for stalking. He asks her to approach her as this, you know, the woman at the law firm and see if she can get Megan back for him. So this is, he's kind of got a three, he's got a threefold plan here. He's like, he's got the master plan, yeah. This is the, this is a master scheme. Okay. First and foremost, I want you to get Megan back. If you can get her back for me, great. We don't, you know, we don't have to go <laughs> forward with the plan. <laughs> Step two, though, if you cannot get Megan back for me, <laughs> then he wants her to ask Megan to please leave town. How? Do, what? Why doesn't he just leave town? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Anyways. Well, remember, you know, that he's from this area. She's oh. not. Maybe he's just thinking it would be easy for her to leave. Just go back to Pittsburgh, yeah. Well, I'm sure she's kind of settled in there. She probably has a job. I mean, it's not easy to just up and move. Yeah. So, Megan, <laughs> he says, if Megan refuses to leave town, Laura... I want you to grab her, pull her in a car, Whoa. and take her or have someone else do it for you. So basically, get her in a car one way or another. And Leon said that he has a syringe mm. she could use that would take care of the rest. I don't know if you want to tell that to a law clerk. So. <laughs> I, does it not baffle the mind? Listen, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm over being shocked by these stories. I'm just, I'm not shocked anymore honestly but i'm still just sitting here like yeah what an idiot <laughs> maybe that's the reason why you couldn't pass his boards there's no critical thing yeah. going on yeah yeah okay definitely so shockingly enough the law clerk did decide to refuse to help him and instead though she did kind of slip him a name of someone that he might talk to about what he's about his wishes oh okay so she yeah, she refers him to a man named Zach. So I'm thinking there had to have been something going on between him and this woman. I mean... Yeah, it sounds kind of weird. Yeah. Why else would she... Why else would he be comfortable saying that? I don't know. It just seems weird. So this Zach person that she referred him to had served in the military. And Leon wanted Zach to kidnap Megan and convince her to drop the criminal case against him. And then, if that didn't happen, he wanted Zach to, quote, make her disappear. Hmm. And Zach interpreted that as make her dead. Oh, okay. Unless he was a magician. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But. <laughs> like, I mean, you'd have to, that's, I don't know what else. Okay, so this is really kind of like, you had the minimal charges, dude. Like, all you had to do was kind of walk away, stop stalking her, or attempt Stop attempting to cyberstalk her, right? Well, the cyberstalking was his, was his first was his wife, and this was the girlfriend later. And I think I think it got a little. Oh, so he has a history of it. Yeah, because he was accused of assault. Oh, God. Okay, so the assault charges. All right, all right. Yeah, so I think that it was a little more serious, but right. still. Yeah. Not said so, anything that's so bad as like trying to have someone kidnapped and yeah disappeared <laughs> and disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> so now. Leon, he's approached the Zach person and apparently has given him some money and now he can't, he doesn't know where Zach is. Hmm. So 
He goes to the bail bondsman who handled his bail when he was arrested. And this guy is connected with this whole group of people. And he figures he knows how to get in touch with Zach. So he goes to him and he says, I need Zach's number. And this guy, his name is Felix Kabosh. He said, I I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) And he's like, Zach. He said, I gave him a lot of money. Wink, to take wink. care of a matter, right? Yeah. It's like Zach gave him a lot of money to take care of a matter. He said, "I don't, I don't want Megan testifying against me um, on these cases because it would hurt my medical license." So this guy, Kabosh, he's a bail, bail bondsman. Oh, okay. And he is getting nervous because he's sitting here thinking, "This is sounding a whole lot like someone who's very serious about hiring someone." Yeah. To get rid of a witness. Disappear, yeah. And then he comes to me, and I don't want to be a party to this at some point. So he decides to go to the police about it. Big shocker. Yeah, fair enough. So then after the bail bondsman notifies the police, the police contact Zach, and then Zach becomes a confidential informant. Oh, okay. Was Zach on the fence this whole time, or? That's weird. Well, I think... I think what happened is Zach kind of was taking the money and running. <laughs> oh, okay. Because think about it, though. The law clerk said, hey, here's a number to a guy. And maybe the law clerk, like that firm, is like, oh, yeah, we have history of this. So mm-hmm. we're going to filter it through like this law enforcement undercover thing to follow this case, maybe. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's that's probably, yeah, like if someone approaches you to do something shady. Yeah kind of maybe refer them yeah. to this person who can somehow be linked back to law enforcement and then yeah. they get caught. Yeah, that's... That's probably, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I like how you think. Your dad's a police officer, right? So you... you yeah, 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 he was a detective. So yeah, yeah. Retired now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've heard enough stories, <laughs> oh, I guess. Oh, man, my whole life was just like a whole detective case. Yeah. <laughs> so now your brain just automatically goes, I wonder if this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really good on these good ones. I'm sorry, these bad ones. So I'm going to diagnose Yeah. And figure out the case. <laughs> So, Zach does assist in arranging for a face-to-face meeting between Leon and an undercover officer. Mm -hmm. His name is Javier Duran. And Javier, of course, is introduced to Leon as a hitman. Mm. And Leon can be heard in a videotaped conversation with this hitman saying potassium chloride is untraceable. And also saying that he has easy access to that medication through Valerie's clinic. Oh. Because, you know, she is a practicing veterinarian. She actually has her license and actually is working as a as a veterinarian, uh, as opposed to him, who's just, who's just <laughs> who knows bankrupt, uh, yeah, aspiring doctor. Yeah. So he did say, I prefer not to do that, but my survival is more important. That's what yeah. he told this hitman who was really a police officer. Yeah, yeah. Really his medical license. And you're talking about taking someone's life because you can't get your crap together and fix your, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, this is the kind of person who you want to be a doctor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me throw a hit on my ex-girlfriend and Mm. uh, become your doctor for the day. Like, what the crap? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So enter... Our next, uh, our our veterinarian, Valerie McDaniels, as I said earlier, she is a veterinarian. He had become romantically involved with her. She was in the middle of a nasty divorce and a custody battle with her husband. She was afraid she was going to lose custody of her daughter. So Valerie took part in the meeting. So this is a new girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, man. How many? He says an ex, this girlfriend he assaulted, and then this new winner 
that's like, oh yeah, this sounds like a great guy to be involved in a relationship. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So apparently Valerie was kind of in on, you know, the whole thing because she was desperate to have, I guess she was desperate for custody of her her daughter and her ex-husband or her husband, because they had weren't actually divorced yet, owned part of her veterinary clinic and it, it was just a mess. And I, you know, she just felt trapped, I guess, and saw this as a way out maybe. So the two of them are dating. And of course she's complaining about her, her husband and the divorce yeah. and the custody and worried about her daughter. And she loved her daughter very much. And so Leon offers to take care of the situation for her. And so they meet with this hitman, who of course is really a police officer. Oh, snap. Yeah. So in addition to seeking assistance from Matt or from Zach, they also asked for assistance from Megan and Mac, who is her uh, Valerie's husband that she's going through the divorce with. So they approach them and they're like, "Hey, they, I'm, you know, I'm sure show them the videotape. Like these people are conspiring conspiring to have you killed." Mm-hmm. And so they ask if they will cooperate with them to try to catch them. And of course, they're like, yeah, absolutely. So Megan and Mac posed in pictures that the police then used to assist Officer Duran in convincing Leon and Valerie that he was carrying out the hitman's you know, end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Mac posed for pictures where it looked like he had been shot in a carjack. Oh, okay. So this is like both their exes. So the new girlfriend, yes. that's her ex-husband in the custody battle. So she's like, shoot him in the head. And they literally show pictures where that are staged oh, dang. where it looked like he was dead. So they thought it was done. Oh, snap. And Megan posed for pictures where it looked like she was bound and held hostage, but not mm-hmm. killed yet. So, of course, they're that's it's really creepy, you know? I know. And she was like, really, like... Uh, because they left her in, I, I saw the video, they, they left her in the warehouse and just, she was crying and it was all staged. But then she kept on thinking like, what if this was really happening? So she was like really playing into the part. So yeah. Oh, it was very convincing yeah. and <laughs> unbelievable that he wasn't going to do anything to help her. Dang. I mean, you know, it's so just awful to think about. They did build a case against both of them and they were charged with solicitation to commit capital murder. It was really, did you see the video where the police like came into the apartment and they were like shocked because they were- Oh yeah. Remember they were expecting the hitman and then it was like the police and they were like so confused. So like, wait a minute, everyone was undercover this time because yeah, so the video shows, they're like almost like so relieved, like, okay, both our exes are dead. And you know, the aspiring doctor guy, he's like, oh, maybe I can do my medical license, blah, blah, blah. And then her, she's like, oh, I finally have custody of my child now or whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, early in the morning, they come up. They're like, what? I'm being arrested. What? And so there's so yeah plot twist. Oh, man. They were really shocked. Mm-hmm. So after they're charged with solicitation to commit capital murder, Valerie took her own life. Oh, yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, just super sad. That's the crazy part. Yeah. I mean, she didn't want to live anymore with the situation she had created for herself, you know. I know. And then, like, obviously she loses her daughter and everything because she, I think she jumped off uh, her condo, like, fifth story or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, what? It's really sad. Just super sad. I think 
it almost seems like, I mean, when you kind of see his story and then you see her story, I, I definitely don't, obviously she's wrong in what she did and she deserved to go to prison. And, it, you know, that was terrible mm-hmm. what she was trying to do to her, to the father of her daughter, right? But I still kind of I felt bad because I feel like she just got herself all entangled in this whole situation. Oh, yeah. and, and this guy that she was dating was just a monster who... Kind of just, I don't know. He's maybe like the ringleader that brought her in. That, yeah. That's what the video is saying. She's like, I don't think Valerie would have planned all this by herself, but right. You know, this guy was the mastermind, and she kind of got looped in. You know. Yeah, so. that's how it kind of felt to me. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. Either way, I, I would never obviously condone what the decisions that she made. Mm-hmm. It was terrible, and she definitely deserved to be in prison for that. You yeah, know, yeah, if you're willing to, to, to do that, it's crazy. So Leon pled not guilty to um, each indictment. He stood trial before a jury on both charges, charges, the same jury for both charges. And they heard evidence, all that evidence, mm-hmm. the solicitation to commit capital murder charges, um, they heard the recorded conversations between Leon and Officer Duran. They, of course, heard from Zach. They heard from Megan. They heard from Mac. They heard from all the police department, uh, the people involved, you know, with the, the investigation. And, of course, Megan and Mac are talking about their personal relationships with each of them. So there's a lot of of evidence against Leon, of course, in this oh, yeah. in this trial. And really the only thing that the defense had was Leon's mother. She's an attorney. Oh wow. What? Oh my gosh. Imagine doing this yeah. when your mom's an attorney. She testified that she had represented Valerie in her divorce proceeding with Mac and that Valerie had expressed intentions to kill Mac. Oh. Hmm. Um, I mean that is her son. Right. So yeah, so they want to protect know. him for sure. So, yeah. So the point of that is that she's trying to make it seem as though it was all Valerie's idea, and that her son didn't was not you know didn't have anything either didn't have anything to do with it, or at least wasn't the ringleader. You know. Yeah, like self defense kind of thing, almost maybe, or yeah. maybe she put that in his head before it happened. Yeah. Or like it was all Valerie's idea, and she's the one that kind of orchestrated the whole thing. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So. Then the police officer, they, they asked, the defense asked the police officer about how how he had handled similar operations before. You know, the whole undercover thing, someone trying to murder for hire and was asking him, you know, about people following through on that sort of thing. And he said that only about half the time do they actually result in criminal charges because the targets of the investigation sometimes choose not to follow through with the plan. Mm. So... I guess the point of the defense is to say that just because it was planned doesn't mean that it was going to actually happen. Yeah, but they went all the way through it, man. Like all, and they the, the thought photos too. It's like, oh yeah, and they were like, cool. Instead of being like, oh, mm-hmm. bump the brakes, maybe this is too much. And that whole thing of her, he really thought she was kidnapped, and he wasn't doing anything to help her. I mean, just oh, yeah. oh. it's like, well, yeah. Thing. I guess, I mean, they, he didn't give the def- his defense team a lot to work with, you know? Oh, yeah, not at all. So, what else are they going to say? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So, the jury had to decide if Leon was guilty of solicitation to commit capital murder of either Megan or Mac, either one or both, and then also had to decide whether Leon was the principal in, to, the, to the offense or was Valerie the principal and he was just 
going along with with her. And I guess it just mattered as far as maybe if if maybe if it was Valerie's idea and she was the main person and he was kind of maybe it, he would be he would get less time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean they yeah, but they found yeah. him guilty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on everything. Way. Oh, so they yeah. actually yeah. So that was the very end of the video that kind of like went really quick. So they did find him guilty. Oh yeah, okay. he's guilty, guilty everything, and uh, he's in prison for life. And a ten thousand dollar fine, which they ain't never gonna see that for him. Ten thousand dollar, uh, yeah. I like how they put that. Like life in prison. Oh yeah, and a ten thousand dollar fine. Like what? Like is it in prison what, worth? I don't know. It's. I know it's like by the time you're going to spend your life in prison, where's the ten thousand going to come from? And what I found, you know, I do these stories all the time, so then I find out information like this. A lot of times, what happens is they they work in prison and they actually get a paycheck. Oh, really? And the, yeah, oh, wow. so the government will what take they, part of their paycheck. What do they do with the money in prison? Like that's weird. They pay their debt. Oh wow! Huh. Yeah, they will. He will spend the rest of his life working in a prison doing laundry or cooking or mopping the floor or whatever they do yeah. and paying back his $10,000. I couldn't believe, cause I, you know, I did the bad veterinarian cause I hadn't done one before. And then I was looking up, you know, a good veterinarian. And of course we've been trying to highlight black voices and lift black voices with the black life, black lives matter movement and all the things that's been going on, trying to continue that conversation. Yeah. And so I was looking for, someone who was black in this situation who was a veterinarian and the, and Frederick Douglass Patterson came up and I was like, Frederick Douglass? I did Frederick Douglass. There's I was a, just like yeah. so confused. Yes, there's a He was named after, yeah. The original. He's named yeah. after him, right. And so, and, and that it's not uncommon, right? To name uh, your child after someone who is really famous. And that's the situation. He was named after Frederick Douglass, who we talked about on this podcast when we talked about Harriet Tubman. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she was connected to him in, in some, uh, some way. And I, now I'm, it was a few weeks ago. I'm not exactly sure how, but that's mm-hmm. where the name was like throwing me. I was like, wait, did I do him? But this is Frederick Douglass Patterson. He was born in 1901, October 10th, 1901. And um, he was former president of what is now Tuskegee University. I'm going to refrain from talking about Tuskegee because I've talked about it once before on this podcast. Got my hand slapped real bad. What, what, I think oh, it's still oh, red. we didn't like do the whole like, okay. I want to do a really good, legitimate story okay. on Tuskegee. Is, the, is, and that, so I'm, is that related to the Tuskegee Airmen, like the first black Air Force pilots in World War II? Yes, I think so. I don't want to say for sure. Because, uh, but yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Airman. That's cool. I think so. Yeah. yeah it probably shares the same name, but maybe they're related. So, yeah. I think he had some. Don't want to say Here I go again. Don't want to say I know. I'm scared. I'm super scared. Because look at it. So 19, 1944 was the year that he helped uh, black colleges become financially sound. And that was That's the true. year of World War II. So, it might have something to do. I, I think it did, but uh, again, yeah. <laughs> I ain't going there. Yeah, yeah. But I do plan on doing this this story of Tuskegee University. There's a lot of history there over the years, and I want to talk about it. And so, but I assured my listener that emailed me a very, actually a very nice email, but it was just sort of like, bam, you know, like I got a couple of emails about it actually. So I... I want to do it justice. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I want to make sure I don't just like be saying random things. Um <laughs> Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I, I am listening. So, I'm listening to this book 
called, uh, see now, it's like a 26 hour audiobook, right? So just imagine how thick it probably, I think it's called, um, shoot, now I can't remember the name. I just listened to it this morning. I've listened to a piece. Um, War and Peace? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Sapiens. I don't know if you ever heard of this, the book Sapiens. Apparently it was like one of what the is- best books they said in the past decade by Yuval Harari. So what it does, it's long story short, I don't mean to like do the side note thing, but it basically, it. it talks about like an overlook of Sapiens, uh, basically the human race from the beginning of time. And one of the things they mentioned in there was kind of like these uh, sects that, you know, humans like to divide and put each other in boxes. And they were talking about the segregation in the early 1900s that happened in America and the Jim Crow laws and things like that. And a black man in Mississippi wanted to go to the University of Mississippi. And, and then they didn't have any black colleges, no integration back then in like uh, the 1940s or 1930s. And I thought about you when this happened because I was listening to it. So he applies to the University of Mississippi. And then there's files, there's like law cases charged against him. And I think the dean of the university wants a medical psychiatrist to check this guy out because it's like, what in the world would make you like, how mentally unstable are you to think you're a black man trying to come to Mississippi, University of Mississippi as a white man, as as a white school? So it just kind of sets the stage that there was so much segregation and racism in this time period. So Frederick Douglass helped to set up a United Negro Fund that kind of helped funded the, the Black community, which is really awesome. But okay, I'll let you get into it. Yes, the United Negro College Fund. That was established in 1944, and he was the founder of, of UNCF, which is... That's a that's a big deal. When I saw that, I was yeah. just like, whoa, our veterinarian, what an amazing person he was. Sure. The School of Veterinary Medicine at Tuskegee University, it's actually graduated approximately 75% of the United wow. States Black veterinarians. And uh, the United Negro College Fund administers 10,000 scholarships every year. Dang. So the UNCF has raised over $3.6 billion dollars since its inception in 1944. Dang. I'd say he has accomplished a lot. And let me just tell you, there's a whole lot more he's done that we don't even have time to go into. Oh, it's yeah. just his life is amazing. His parents, actually, he was an orphan at the age of two because his parents died of tuberculosis. It's oh, terrible. Cool. Yeah. So he's raised by his sister and his sister dedicated nearly half of her $20 a month salary to send him to a private elementary school because she believed in him so much. Wow, half your income. <laughs> Is it not just, I? it just gives me chills. Like there needs to be a movie about this man. Um, it really does, yeah. His sister had to, you know, looked at him and said, wow, you are, you're something special. You, you know, he's, he's, he must've just been so smart. And she just said, you, you gotta have the best. And mm-hmm. she was willing to make that sacrifice. I think that's awesome. By the age of 31, he had attained three degrees, higher level degrees, like a doctorate degree of the veterinary medicine doctor, master of science degree from Iowa State University, and a doctorate in uh, philosophy from Cornell. (laughs) Dang. And you can't even get your BSN. Come on. No, I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, by 31. Oh my gosh. I know. I can't even get, I can't even, I can't even make myself sign up for a master's uh, program. This is the craziest part, though. This all happened in a time where they thought that African-Americans were subpar and could never be integrated into 
you know, the white community in like the early mm-hmm. 1940s. And it just goes to show, man, three degrees by 31. And dang, that's crazy. He was the only African-American working at the Iowa State College um, Veterinary Clinic. And in his autobiography, he wrote, I learned a lesson with regard to race that I never forgot. How people feel about you reflects the way you permit yourself to be treated. If you permit yourself to be treated differently, you are condemned to an unequal relationship. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like he he was strong enough to be able to stand up against that. He was confident enough in himself. Um, not everybody can do that, of course. You, and yeah, you're talking some mental power for sure. Yes, absolutely. And he, he was an exceptional person, but I'm thankful that right now our society seems to be shifting and we're all, you know, learning and changing and growing and and um, there's a lot of good that's happening because, you know, everyone should feel this way. Everyone should feel equal. It shouldn't be just the strong, you know, just the people who are able to stand up against racism. Yeah. It should be everyone. So, and then everyone would have opportunities and then our whole society would be better. And that's just the way, that's just the reality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, of, among There were so many other things he did, but in 1987, he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Oh, wow. Which is the nation's highest civilian honor. Yeah. And so there's a lot more uh, that he did. You guys should really look him up. He is an amazing person. Um, He died in um, 1988, April 26, 1988. Oh, wow. He got the reward. I wonder if, was that Reagan that gave him the reward? Yeah, it was Ronald Reagan. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Yep. 10,000 students got scholarships. <laughs> I'm looking just, at it right now. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. 100 million a year in scholarships. Dang. Isn't that crazy? Know. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Well, you guys can find Mike at simplenursing.com if you yeah. want to look up his um, educational materials. They are wonderful. I'm not just saying <laughs> that. I he, You just have to... You have to go, you can go on YouTube and kind of get a little sample of of what he has, but uh, that's just a very small portion. There's a huge, huge library of, of stuff and videos and all kinds of information 12, on the website. 1,200 videos. Yes. Now, if hopefully, if your listeners are new grads and new nurses, maybe they've heard of me and seen me. But if not, oh, I know. I'm sure they have. But if there, if you guys, there's a lot of nursing students. You guys, oh, yeah. If you, oh yeah. If you have not heard of him, you have to go f- find him. And right now, especially if you're, there are a lot of actually pre-nursing students that listen. They'll message me and be like, "I oh. want to be a nursing." I, oh my gosh, I love them so much. They are the so sweetest. Cute, right? Like, oh lord, they are just awesome, and it's I want to do everything I can to encourage them because. If you love nursing, if you're so excited about nursing that you're literally emailing some random person, you know, oh, yeah. with some little podcast and you're that excited, I'm just like, oh my God, do it for sure. Be, you know, yeah, get in there, yeah. stay in there. Don't get discouraged. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like, try to be as encouraging as I can. It's funny you say that because, like, right now we're developing like the utopia of nursing. So we're doing pre nursing. We're going to be, we're building right now actually a tease prep in our app. Then we're doing, obviously, the nursing school stuff. And then the post-nursing, we're going to be launching a new grad program. It's going to kind of like be like Prime on Amazon. 
And then we want to do like the, the first 10 years of all your research. We're going to cover all the CEOs for like, uh, what was it? I think we're going to make it like, like something like Amazon, like 50 bucks a year or something like that. So it's going to be cool. So yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. Like baby nurse, nursing school, and then an actual career. So it's going to be cool. Are you going to do like certifications like CCRN and PCCN and that, That's all exactly. Yeah. We want to package it up. Basically all the certs you want to go for. Yeah. So a CCRN is on the list. We actually have an uh, FNP in the works too uh, for quiz banks and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm studying cool. for my CCRN, so I need your help. I need, oh, okay, you need okay. help a sister out. <laughs> so I, need, I need all the help yeah. I can get. Gotcha, girl. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys know where you can find me. Uh, obviously, uh, you can email me at tina at goodnursebadnurse.com or you can find me on Instagram at goodnursebadnurse or Facebook at GMBM Podcast. Don't message me there. Uh, Lord knows. I don't mess. I can't possibly answer those messages. So I don't ever get on Messenger anymore. Oh, on Facebook? Oh my gosh. Don't get me started on this stuff. I can't. It gets overwhelming, man. It's too much. So I apologize. If you have messaged me and I haven't responded, it's please email me because I can manage those a whole lot easier for some reason than I can I messaged you 20 times on Facebook Messenger and you didn't. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because sometimes I scroll through. I like get on there, scroll through and be like, is there anybody that stands out that I like need? I don't want to miss here. And and I have missed a couple where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I missed this. I, I didn't see this message. Please email me. Dang. You guys, please email me. Yeah. Tina at goodnursebadnurse.com. That's where I will be more likely to actually get to read your message and and even respond to you. And I, I want to read your messages. I love them. They are so encouraging. I will be at work sometimes. And on a break, looking at, I look at my phone and I'm like, oh, I got a message. And I'll read some awesome, big, huge email from someone just telling me all about their you know story and how they've listened to the podcast and how encouraged they were. And I'll just sit there and it makes me feel so good. I'm at work. Maybe I'm having a bad day. And you guys, that lifts me up. You encourage me. So I appreciate you so much. So I just want to remind you guys that even if you're a bad girl or like Mike, a bad boy, be a good nurse. (laughs) 